بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على شرف الأنبياء والمرسلين محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وآله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا My dear brothers and elders I think it was probably 1997 or 98 I went to the Tablighi Ishtema in Baltimore I was invited to go there by my very dear friend and brother and teacher and sheikh and muslih and mentor Dr. Muhammad Ali Hazratji I went with him and I spent three days in the first tablir ijtima that I ever attended in my life the many firsts in this story and I have mentioned this story in my book as well the second first was that I listened to a speech of Hazrat Colonel Amiruddin Sahib Rahmatullahi where for the first time the importance of Amar bil Maruf and Nahi anil Munkar came into my mind and heart it was almost like an eye opened in my heart and I saw Islam and myself completely differently from what I had believed. Alhamdulillah, I come from a family which has been Muslim for, we have been Muslim for, Muslim for centuries, we trace our lineage back many centuries and we have all been Muslims. I grew up in a house, in a household which was religious and I knew the importance of Salah, of fasting, of Zakat, and so on. So I didn't need anyone to tell me that. I knew all of that. I studied in a madrasa to begin with. That was my first education. So therefore, Islam and Islamic education uh, was nothing new to me. But there was something that happened in that ishtama, in the bayan of Colonel uh, Amiruddin Sahib, that completely shook me up and that was not simply the importance of Amar bil Maruf and Nahi al-Munkar, not simply the, 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 the importance of enjoining good and forbidding evil, but the fact that it was something that I needed to do. Now this was news to me, this was completely something that I had, hadn't even imagined. Uh, in my mind until then, uh, this was something, enjoining good and forbidding evil was something that was uh, in the realm of the so-called authorities of the land. Uh, the, it was perhaps the job of the, the scholars of Islam, uh, the ulama. It was perhaps the job of uh, Muslim rulers. Uh, but certainly an ordinary, uh, you know, house rat kind of uh, person uh, like me, uh, this was this certainly couldn't couldn't be my job. I mean that was my understanding, and my job was you know pray your pray your prayers on time and fast in Ramadan and so forth and pay zakat and that's it. Uh, enjoining good and forbidding evil. I mean this was not my job. I mean if somebody wasn't praying, for example, I mean what, what can I do? You know, so he's not praying. But in that istima, in that bayan, this became absolutely crystal clear to me that enjoining good and forbidding evil is the fard, it is the 
it is compulsory on every single Muslim man and woman, irrespective of their status, irrespective of how much learning they have and don't have. So anyway, once the ban was over, I went to meet Colonel Amiruddin. Colonel Amiruddin is related to me uh, from my wife's side. So I went to him, I met him, uh, I went to him for Musafa, I met him, I introduced myself, I introduced my family's name. Uh, he was very happy to meet me. He asked about uh, the people in my wife's family who he knows and who he's related to. And after all that is finished, he asked me, he said, Acha, to kya kuch samjha? Did you understand anything? So I said, Jee, yes, I, I understood everything. So he said, to kya karoge? So he said, so now what will you do? Now this was another shock to me. Because I said, well, you know, I understand. Yes, you told me, you, you, you told us something. Uh, what's there for me to do? So I said uh, to him, Jee, kya karoon? What should I do? So he said, then you haven't understood. He said, Phir to aapne nahi samjha. So I did a double take and I said, Jine, Jine, my the man samjha. He said, I don't know, I understood. So he said, Phir kya karoge? He said, then what will you do? So I said, then I have to do this work of, uh, of Dawat and Tabliq. I have to do this work of enjoining good and forbidding evil. He said, yes. So he said, go and give your name for Jamaat. So I went off to the Tashil brothers. And uh, lo and behold, I signed up for a 40-day, I signed up for a chilla. I think at that time I wasn't even sure what a chilla was. Uh, and I discovered it meant going out uh, in the path of Allah for 40 days. So I went off in this uh, jamaat, which was turned out to be a, a walking jamaat in New York City. Believe me, I have seen New York City like perhaps very few other people. And even those New Yorkers who are going to be listening to this recording, Believe me, I have seen your city in a way that you have never seen and I, I, I don't even know whether you should try to see it like that. Because I have walked the streets of the Bronx and I have walked the streets of Brooklyn in the middle of the night, in, at 11 o'clock and 12 o'clock in the night. People don't even walk the streets of, of the Bronx in, the, in daytime. And I have walked those streets in the middle of the night. Alhamdulillah, I came out of there safely. And that is because of the kind of work that I was doing. So Alhamdulillah, that's a, I've written about this story, so I'm not going to go into the details here. But the point is that I went off into the Jamaat. Now in this Jamaat, as we all know, um, after Asr we go out in Gasht to, to meet people. And then after Maghrib there is a bayan. And many times I was uh, nominated to, to do the talking. Um, I didn't know the first thing about any, anything, but anyway, the, I said whatever, whatever I came into my mind and heart. But one of the things of this Jamaat was a story which stuck in my mind, which somebody else narrated in his, in his band. This story was that at the time of the beginning of Tabligh, and which means about a hundred years ago from now, Malan Ilyas Kandlavi Rahmatullahi sent out a Jamaat in Mewat. So this was supposed to be a Chilla Jamaat, a 40 days Jamaat. But lo and behold, <coughs> four or five days later, these brothers came back to Nizamuddin, which was very surprising. So Malan Ilyas Rahmatullahi asked them, he said, what happened to you? And how come you're back so soon? So they said, Hazrat, you know, we went to this masjid where we were supposed to stay. Uh, but the people who run that masjid, they didn't allow us to stay. 
and uh, not only did they not allow us to stay, uh, they pushed us out of the masjid, physically pushed us out of the masjid and they took our things and they threw them out on the street. So Maranalia said, uh, so what did you do? Uh, they said, that we picked up our saman, we picked up our things, our luggage and then there was a tea shop across the road, across the street. So we went into this tea shop and all of us sat together and we had a cup of tea and then we came here. We came back. So Malana Ilyas, to their great surprise, he said, Alhamdulillah, you were successful. So now these people were very astonished. And they said, Hadat, we didn't do anything. Uh, we were supposed to go out for 40 days. We came back in five days. Uh, we were supposed to go and stay in this masjid and invite people to salah and so on. We couldn't even get past the door. They threw us out and we are back here. And you are saying we are successful. So how are we successful? So he said, you are successful for two reasons. He said, the first reason you are successful is because you did not fight those people who threw you out. You did not attack them. You did not uh, you know, engage with them uh, in an altercation. Uh, you did not create or support any conflict with them. So Alhamdulillah, you maintained the unity of the Muslims. And he says the second reason you were successful is because within yourselves also there was no dispute. You went and had a cup of tea and you sat together and you came back here together and within you also there was no dispute. And therefore you are successful. Now this story stuck in my heart and as I am telling you, I heard this story in 1997, 98. Uh, today is 2018 and this story is in my mind. And this story exemplifies for me the nature of Tablighi Jamaat. The nature of Tablighi Jamaat as I understood it. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless those of the elders who live this message themselves. Maulana Ilyas rahmatullahi his son Maulana Yusuf rahmatullahi kandlavi, Maulana Zakaria rahmatullahi kandlavi, Maulana Sayyid Ahmad Khasab rahmatullahi uh, people who, Colonel uh, Amiruddin Sahib Rahmatullahi, people who lived this message. Uh, Haji Abdul Wahab Sahib Rahmatullahi, who, who passed away recently in Lahore. People who lived this message. Now, may Allah fill their khubur with noor, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala increase their darajat and be pleased with them and never be displeased. This stuck with my mind. And then today, something else happened. And that is, Another very dear friend of mine, who is an alim from South Africa, he sent me a news report from Bangladesh. And this news report was about the Tungi Istema, for which preparations are going on. And the report said that there was a clash between the two factions of Tablighi Jamaat, as a result of which one elderly gentleman in his 70s was killed and over 200 people were injured. Now, on the one hand, I have the story of Malana Ilyas Rahatulare, and on the other hand, I have the news report of what those people from both factions who call Malana Ilyas Rahatulare as one of our Akabirin, as the first and founder of the Jamaat, their behavior. On the one hand, I have the story, and on the other hand, I have the behavior. 
Now, what must I do? What must I do with this? My brothers and, and, and uh, elders, uh, the point I want to make is that this put me in such a turmoil. Really, I tell you, my heart is broken. In uh, English, there is a, there's a saying which says, uh, the, it's, the, it's the last straw that breaks the camel's back. Believe me, this is the last straw which broke my heart. So I did what I normally do, which is uh, I speak to some of my ulama friends to ask them for advice. So I phoned one of them, a very dear friend of mine, who, I, uh, who gives me good advice. So I called him and I said to him that I think the time has come when the big ulama of this country, meaning India, must stand up and speak out um, against what is happening. And they must say clearly uh, that this kind of conflict where the two groups that have formed in Tablighi Jamaat are literally physically attacking one another, this is simply not on. This cannot happen, must not happen. And they must speak out, they must speak out for and in favor of the two groups coming back together as one. I don't mean the two groups remaining two, uh, just suspended hostilities, no. I mean become one because it started with one, it must go back to one. So I said people who are the ulama of this country, who are the elders of this country, uh, they must stand up and speak. Uh, what do you think? Now my friend said to me, you are absolutely right, 100%. But I can tell you that this is not going to happen. Because everyone is afraid that if they speak out, then the bhakts, he, he used this term bhakt. Bhakt is a Hindi word which means uh, devotee. And uh, devotee, we use this term in Indian politics, we use this for our Prime Minister Modi's uh, blind supporters who support everything that he does. So he said that if anyone stands up and says this, uh, then the bhakts will malign him and they will slander him so that he will then not even be able to do whatever work that he's doing. So I said, all right. So I've asked for advice. I got my advice and I decided that I am going to make this recording. And the reason I decided to do that was because I said to myself that Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen, I owe my Islam. I owe the fact that I, my, eye, my eyes were open to my duty towards Islam. I owe this to the Tablighi Jamaat. And I've said this many times before. I became Muslim in, 1917, in, in 1997 um, and people ask me, why do you say that when your family is Muslim and you were born Muslim? I said, yes, but that is 1997 is when I understood the meaning of Muslim. And I said, Alhamdulillah, I am not going to betray that trust. I owe this to the Tablighi Jamaat and this is my payoff time. This is my payback time. As far as being slandered and so on and so forth is concerned, if that is the price to pay, I am ready. Alhamdulillah, I do not see why anyone should slander me or anyone who is talking about bringing together the two factions. And if that happens, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Wallahu yasimu, yasimu nas. Allah said, He will protect. And I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Hasbun Allah wa ni'mal wakil, ni'mal mawla wa ni'mal nasir. Hasbi Allah la ilaha illa huwa alayhi tabakkaltu wa huwa rabbul arshil azim. And that is enough for me. Insha'Allah al-Mustan, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's protection is the best protection. 
I have to say what I have to say. I cannot go to sleep tonight unless I make sure that this message goes out. Now, your job, those of you who are listening, is to please listen to this message and then do the same, which is stand up and raise your voice for togetherness. Stand up and raise your voice for unity. It is the most shameful, the most painful thing that it is not outsiders who are attacking uh, the people of Tabliq. It is the public people who are attacking each other. There is nothing that can be more shameful and more painful than this. This absolutely has to stop. The two parties, whoever are the leaders, please notice, I'm not saying who is right, who is wrong, because I don't even know who is right, who is wrong. The whole genesis of this story, I am, I am aware of it as an outsider. I am sure this message will get to people who are insiders and you will have a far better idea as insiders of how it started and how the, the, fa the, the flames were fanned and who fanned them and what happened and what didn't happen. You will have this knowledge far more than I. My submission to you is that none of that is important. All of that is completely and totally unimportant. What is important is that we need to get people back together. And if the two factions, the leaders of these two factions, get them together, sit them down and make the Jamaat one again. This is what we need to do. Not two separate factions who are no longer slandering each other, no longer beating each other. We want to have one because it started as one. My brothers, my, my brothers and elders, my submission too is, do what you can to make this happen. And please understand this, if the current leadership does not want it to happen, then that current leadership must change. Those leaders must resign, they must leave their positions and their chairs, they must work in the Jamaat as ordinary people, because that is what they need, they need their own Islam more than anybody else. I don't care who is offended with this, that is my diagnosis. As an organizational consultant, as a person who is an expert in conflict resolution, Alhamdulillah, this is my diagnosis. That if the leadership does not understand how they are subverting the process of unity within the Jamaat itself, then those leaders need Islam more than anybody else. They must resign their positions, vacate those chairs and go and work as ordinary, normal people and put in those chairs leaders, new leaders who understand the importance of unity and then have one Jamaat. It is so sad that this cancer has spread all across the world. The Tablighi Jamaat was the only Jamaat which could seriously call itself an international global movement. The, the downside of it is that this cancer has also spread internationally and globally. I was in a masjid, in a, in a big Tablighi masjid in South Africa two years ago. After Maghrib, we found some uh, Tablighi brothers from India. Uh, we met them and so on. So I asked them, when, where, when is your program in, in this masjid? They said, no, we don't have a program in this masjid. I said, why not? I mean, this is a Tablighi masjid. You are Tablighi people. They said, no, no, you see, this masjid belongs to this faction. We are from the other faction. Inna lillahi wa inna ilahi I said to them, this masjid, I have myself translated the bayans of people, of tabligh people who have come into this masjid. I happen to be there. They speak in Urdu. I have translated, translated those bayans into English for my South African brothers. I said, today, in a tabligh masjid, a tabligh jamaat is not permitted to speak, is not permitted to stay. I said, we used to say this about others, that this masjid belongs to this group and that faction and they don't allow tabligh people to come. Today, we are doing that to ourselves. 
How shameful is this? How absolutely, utterly shameful is this? This must stop. Inna lillahi wa inna ilaha rajul. My brothers, my brothers and elders, please get off your backsides and do some work. This is not sufficient. This is not good enough. We cannot all be sitting around watching the fun. It is not funny. What is happening is serious. What is happening is completely and totally tragic. This is totally, we have put ourselves in the hands of shaitan and shaitan is playing games with us. Let us make my submission to you is, let us make ruju ilallah. Let us pray tahajjud. Let us make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Cry tears before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ask forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Make tawbah wal istighfar. Do not allow the work a hundred years, a century of work of our elders, a century of work of all those sincere people, unknown, unmentioned, all over the world who have been who have spent their time and energy and life in this work of dawah do not allow that work to go down the drain that is exactly what we are allowing it to happen some people are actively engaged in that other people are sitting and watching the fun this cannot go on please stand up and speak la nafi wala dharra illa allah it has come, the time has come when we have to put ourselves where our mouth is. You and I know we stand on the mimbar and we make all these claims that nobody can harm and nobody can benefit except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Prove this to yourself and stand up and speak for the truth. Amar bil maruf wa nahi anil munkar is what we tell people is fard. It is fard on us even before it is fard on anybody else because we are the people saying and telling others that this is fard. I, I hold myself responsible. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Jalla Jalaluhu to be my witness that I have raised my voice. I am not telling you to do something which I have not done. I have done it. You also do it. And if you do not do it, then be prepared to be hauled up before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will hold us accountable. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help all those who want to work to bring people's hearts together, to heal the, the wounds, to bring people together. And as, I, and as I said, those who do not want to come together must leave those positions. Put people there who want to come together so that we become one once again. No two Jamaats, no two factions, one Jamaat. It was, it was one and it will become one inshallah mustan if we put our hearts and minds into it. And if we make sincere dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla jalaluhu that we follow in the footsteps of Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam did not beat his, his, his opponents with a stick. He did not injure people. <coughs> he did not kill people. He did not even kill the, the, the people who were against him. He did not even kill the people who were trying to kill him. Imagine the, we are talking about killing our own brothers and injuring our own brothers. How shameful, how horrible is this? I do not even have the words to say this. May Allah, for, may Allah forgive us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not hold us accountable. May Allah not punish us because we have become fit for punishment. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to save us from that. My brothers and sisters, please do not sit around doing nothing. Get up and talk. Get up and talk in your masajid, in your marakis, in your, in, your, in your countries. Talk and work. If anyone anywhere wants my help to bring hearts together, I am available and ready, inshallah. But do it on your own. Inshallah, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help you and to guide you 
and to enable you to do this work of bringing the hearts of Muslims together. There is nothing which is more important than that. You know the Dalail from the Quran. You know the Dalail from the Hadith about this. I don't have to tell you those. I don't have to narrate and and uh, and and. Uh, recite those ayat of the Quran, you are aware, aware of them, you are far better aware of them, many of you, than I am. I will just, I'm just pointing it out to you that this is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded us to do, this is what Rasulullah demonstrated for us. If we don't follow this, especially us, especially we tabligh people, will be punishable by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because we have been telling the world Far too long, for a hundred years we have been telling the world, come together, come together, come, come together. Ummat pana, yek lafz kisne ijad kiya? Who started and who invented this term ummat pana? Who invented the term of coming together? My brothers and sisters, please understand, the time has come to put to walk our talk. If we don't do that, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will hold us accountable. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to save us from ourselves and I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help us. Jazakumullahu khairan for listening. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.